right. Hope y'all are having a great week. Welcome to the Free Mind Podcast. Well, you know, things have been so heavy lately. I feel like we should start out with some, some good fun tonight. Is that right with you, babe? <laughs> Why am I scared? <laughs> you, you, you know, you should always be scared. Uh, let me see if I, I can find it here. So I, I know you don't know what's going on. Listen. As also as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout racism. the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an abdic- a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have t- who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United oh, States yes, of America. Is, Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology Time expired. when my life was <laughs> sorry that's good that's, that's good comedy you know it's good comedy so anyways uh daryl harris did post to this he said anyone know where aoc is preaching next sunday <laughs> to right. which uh she got to hopping around to which the the cho- chocolate knox uh replied uh i can't find it now but he said north point <laughs> Oh snap! So hold on to that. We gonna talk. <laughs> we gonna talk about that. But then, of course, uh, then of course, this happened. You talking about the Lord? Oh. And He walks with me. And yeah. He talks with me. Yeah. And He. Oh my my. Pays my and He pays and my bills. He gets rid of my haters. <laughs> yeah. Gets rid of my haters. Oh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. Not to be outdone by this. So anyways, uh gotta start off you with that because you gotta have fun with stuff, you know, because we gotta get into some some serious stuff. All right, on fun today, first, fun first. Here we go. Um, I don't even know if you've been following this whole story we're going to get okay. into today, but um, I I ha- I'm sure I haven't. Go ahead. Yeah, so you know, one of the things when we started doing this this podcast, I was just talking with somebody uh, tonight, uh, uh, one of the one of the families that actually watches and supports our show and, and has an awesome website that we're going to talk about more in the future called Mudhead Mama, where they collect books for for families and. Um, for anybody, really, Christian worldview books. But anyways, we were just chopping it up, and you know, they were kind of talking about what led them to get into that and do this, and just feeling like, man, you know, people aren't wanting wanting to really address these hot button issues and stuff like that. So, I think when we first started the podcast. It was when the Lauren Daigle controversy was going on. She did the interview, mm-hmm. and the LGBTQ that, yeah. thing came up, and I was like, man, people, you know, we're not preparing our 
students. We're, we're not preparing people to know how to talk through these issues, how to think through them, and then how do you respond to that? Because she was, you know, ha- have an influence on people. People are listening to this stuff and 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 kind of coming to their own ethical views based on these types of, of things that are going out from different Christian artists and different you know mega church pastors and stuff. And so. Because of that, we we felt like, man, we, we got to do something. And the, this podcast kind of was birthed out of that place um, of trying to trying to do our best to think through these kinds of issues from a biblical perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I was never one to like, you know, I never wanted to be that guy to get into discernment ministry, quote unquote. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, in fact, I, I always tried to shy away from controversies and I didn't like when people got into it, especially like people we really enjoy their ministry, you know, I didn't want to see them address people publicly and, and, and have to talk about issues like that. I just, I, I didn't enjoy that whole thing. So it's kind of ironic that we have to, to, to wade in these waters from time to time. Um, and, and I, so I try not to, I try not to get into things that are like secondary issues, right? And tertiary issues, like if it's, you know, women in ministry or even like um, eschatology or stuff. You know, if you read like, for instance, Wayne Grudem's book on systematic theology, he'll talk about different positions within the church and the different, different, you know, arguments for each and come to a conclusion. And typically those are areas where you can agree to disagree Mm -hmm. and it's fine. But there are other issues where you can't really agree to disagree. Like these are these are issues that that are so um, foundational either to the Christian faith or to what we talked about a few weeks ago, the Tao itself, mm-hmm. um, the essence of, of God's law, and um, his his you know moral and framework that's embedded into the cosmos, so to speak. Things that are so central to those that that when someone that has a platform is publicly teaching something that's really heretical in those areas or that's like maybe on the spectrum that's going the wrong way toward that um you really have to you know address it unfortunately um and so that's what we kind of got to get into tonight a lot of people have talked about this andy stanley oh yeah um, okay thing that's been going around so you know i even thought like do we do we need to to address this because so many people have addressed it and done it well um, and but the fact is sometimes it'll surprise us because we will think that everybody's heard of it, but then we'll get into conversation with people in our circles and they're and like, they no, I really, okay. I'm not aware of that. So just in case you haven't um, heard of it, we, we do want to kind of address this ish- issue. And, and, and maybe even if you had, maybe you'll hear something new in this discussion because I did even find a couple more things that I just found were interesting. Now what I'm what I'm gonna do is just kind of play through some elements of the clip. There's really like a it's like a ten minute clip from okay. a conference that he spoke at I think in 2022. So okay. maybe I don't know if it's like over a year ago or less than a year ago. But um, I'm not gonna I, I reached out to the guy on Twitter that posted it to see if he could send me the whole clip because a lot of people were asking him for that whole clip. He never got back to me, so I got I do have it in segments, on, okay. but I have to play it from see. Twitter. We're gonna start. Um, let's let's start with the first clip, and we'll just <laughs> get off our beans and greens here. <laughs> uh, let me go back here and let's figure out this. how to get straight people as excited about serving and engaging as the gay men and women I know. We would have a volunteer backlog. That's my experience in our churches. Well, I, I'm. A gay person, I'll just read it to you. A gay person, when I say gay men and women, okay, 
a gay person who still wants to attend church after the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than a lot of you. A gay person who knows, you know what? I might not be accepted here, but I'm gonna try it anyway. Have you ever done that as a straight person? Do you, where do you go that you're not sure you're gonna be accepted and you go over and over and over and over? Only your in-laws house. That's the only place you go where you know you're not completely accepted, but you go over and over and over and it's because you have to. But other than the in-laws, what environment do you continue to step foot in knowing at any moment you may feel ostracized? No place, I'm telling you, the gay men and women who grew up in church and the gay men and women who've come to faith in Christ as adults who want to participate in our church, oh my goodness. I know 1 Corinthians 6 and I know Leviticus and I know Romans 1. It's so interesting to talk about all that stuff, but just, oh my goodness, a gay man or woman who wants to worship their heavenly father who did not answer the cry of their heart when they were 12 and 13 and 14 and 15, God said no, and they still love God. We have some things to learn from a group of men and women who love Jesus that much and who wanna worship with us. And I know the verses, I know the clobber passages, right? We gotta figure this out. And you know what? I think you are. All right, so... <clears throat> Any first thoughts? Ugh, you know, he said they have more faith. He's just really uplifting that community. And I don't know. It's it's interesting for it's sure. It's interesting. Yeah, so there, there's a lots there's lots of different just based on that little clip, there's there's different there's some broad brushing for sure. There's different interpretations you yeah. can give to what is he saying there when he when he's referring to gay people like is he so is he talking about people that are practicing homosexuality right. um, that that happen to come into the church do we have a lot to learn from that is he talking about people that find themselves experiencing same sex attraction but are trying mm-hmm. to live a holy yeah. life and trying to you know so that the, there's a there's a couple things that stick out immediately and. Um, I think that one of the most charitable interpretations you could give is just to say, well, he's talking, he's trying to, he's trying to say that, you know, if for, we could learn a lot from people who have, you know, he said struggled since they were 12, 13, 14, when they, you know, hit puberty, they found themselves being attracted to the same sex, but they keep coming to church. Now, for some reason, he's assuming they're not accepted there. Right. Um, what does he mean by that? You know, so we'll come back to that. Um, but they keep coming back. And so we, we, we have a lot to learn from. In other words, this community is somehow maybe ethically superior or morally superior yeah. in some way. And, and to not let anything stop them from chasing after God. I, yeah. I'm assuming he means that. Yeah, the yeah, fact yeah. that they continually, in the face of just the rejection, quote unquote. Yes continue to come to church assuming that they do come in and receive Christ and receive the life of Christ yeah okay so that would be kind of the 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 more charitable yeah like trying to assume Um, I would say probably maybe dishonestly charitable (laughs) but charitable nonetheless yeah so um Hmm. you know the 
even on that interpretation, I think there are some problems. Um, One of the problems is the way he kind of uses the phrase clobber passages. So that's 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 a terminology that, that that's in the that's what the LGBTQ agenda ideologues have basically called the Bible passages like Romans 1 or the passage in Leviticus or Sodom and Gomorrah. They call those passages clobber passages to clobber the homosexuals, to beat up on the homosexuals. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's like the typical phrase they'll use. And don't bring those, you know, Jesus about love, don't bring the clobber passages. So that makes sense. Okay. That's that's one of the terms in that whole discussion. So already, like, it's almost like he's trying to cozy up with the LGBTQ ideologues and act like, well, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with these guys. I'm not going to go that far because yeah, there's there's interesting passages. He says like Romans one. You're like interesting, it's like those. That's the holy God, word of God. Yeah. What informs us about the rightness and wrongness of these things. Oh, those are interesting to talk about. He kind of does a hand wave at it, but we have something to learn. He says from from this community, and he's calling them gay. So there's there's another part of that that again even on the most charitable interpretation that's that's problematic and this is something that Big Eva people have been doing that like I get it you know back in the day at uh when we were doing the young adult ministry I I I did take on this issue and I tried to do it mm-hmm. with kid gloves and yeah, you were, probably good. going back. There's probably some things I, I was too soft on even in this kind of arena because you do feel you you know that there have been times in history where uh, history that's too broad. You know, there's been uh, let's just say this. I know there was there were there were churches that I grew up in that if somebody did struggle with that, they would have been ostracized even if they were trying to live holy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They 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 wouldn't have had a safe space <laughs> to come in and to yeah, like um, and wrestle through that. So <clears throat> because of that, I can understand that temptation to um, to beat up on the church. Mm-hmm. However, I, I, I don't think like we'll see later in this talk some other stuff okay. that I'll point out, but but I don't. I could almost guarantee it's not that way at North Point, and the people that would come to his conferences probably don't have churches like that. Um, where, like, if anything, nowadays it's not like that at all. It's the opposite of that in most mega churches. That, and we we've been to a lot of mega churches. We know kind of not not exhaustively what's going on, but it's way different than it was, you know, 20 years ago in that regard. Mm-hmm. So I don't know this this kind of strong take on like the church is. You know, as bad as we're tre- treating the gay community, that that again falls under could easily fall under that heading that to even say something's wrong is treating them bad because yeah. that's the way it's framed. Like if you if you're not affirming, you're treating them bad. You're being hateful. So without without specifying and, and really taking those oh, Bible yeah. passages seriously, you're already importing that whole worldview. You're you're taking on those lenses that the ideal that the that the agenda makers want us to take on mm-hmm. and you're starting from their starting points. Mm-hmm. So you've already given away the farm. The yeah. other thing he's doing is he's referring to people as gay. Now on the charitable interpretation we're we're assuming that he's talking about people that find themselves experience, you know, when they're tempted to lust, they they're tempted to lust after the same sex, mm-hmm. but they're they are resisting that. He said, kind of like you know, they're they're putting that down. They're coming to church. He says he doesn't say, you know, he probably didn't go enough 
go far enough in telling us more about this so-called person that he's calling a gay person that we can learn from. Mm -hmm. But he says they're coming to church, kind of implying like they're trying to live for Jesus, right? And and trying to resist those urges. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, don't don't call them gay. And 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 there's here's the this has been a debate that's that's happened in the the so so called revoice conferences where they were trying to have a movement of gay Christianity oh, where you could be gay but but um, celibate hmm. and call yourself a gay Christian. Uh-huh. That's that's a mistake. Okay. Yeah. So there's two reasons that's a mistake. One, it it um it basically um, holds to the the fixed orientation theory that mm. this is like it's a binary like you're either straight or gay and this is the way you are and this is the way you always be you can't change mm-hmm. now what's funny about not funny but what's interesting about that is even um in the lgbt movement they've even moved away from that a lot of them now they they that's passe like really? to think that there's a fixed orientation toward anything right now it's like flu- fluidity uh, yeah. you know it's like oh okay. you can be gay and bi and straight and you know, so that born this way thing, it's still kind of in the conversation, but they've really moved away from that for a lot of reasons. So he's kind of working on an old school model, even with the, with regard to that in that sense. Um, but I think definitely from a Christian perspective, I want to read, you know, you, you guys are, I'm sure, familiar with this. But First Corinthians 6, he said, uh, Paul's writing, he says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And what does he say here? And such were, were some of you. Well, that's good. Um, such were some of you. So yeah. the idea in the scripture is like, no, you're. It, first of all, there's no like, you, you, there's, there's not this idea, and, and there's a big discussion about this. Did the Bible recognize orientation, all this kind of stuff? It, it really doesn't even matter. Like that, that was you before you came in yeah. to the kingdom. So not only should we not just kind of blindly accept a fixed orientation theory, to add to that that that's your identity, right. that that's how you identify. As a as as part of your sinful nature, mm. that that is like that's that's a huge mistake and unbiblical out of the gate. And so that I mean I would even refer you back to uh, the Christopher Christopher Yuan thing we did where he talked about yeah. holy sexuality, where he said sexuality is not who you are; it's how you are. Mm. And even him, he said he you know he found himself with those same sex attraction, but he would say you know that's part of. Um, the fallen nature where, you know, we all, we all have, you know, in, in Adam, you know, being, being fallen before God, we are all in that sense depraved as that doctrine goes. Like we have, we have been bent and bent toward um, autonomy and bent toward selfishness. And that gets expressed in all sorts of ways, all sorts of proclivities mm-hmm. to wrong. And in the case of same sex attraction, you get even a distorted desire, like an evil desire. Um, and so what do you do with those evil desires, according to the Bible? Well, again, just to give you a couple passages that you're familiar with, but here's our first Peter two, he says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Um, oh, sorry. Let me go back to 11 here. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and stranger to abstain from fleshly lusts, which wage war against the soul, abstain from fleshly lusts that wage war 
against the soul. And here's Paul, um, <clears throat> Romans 8. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, that this is just two quick passages, that's really but that's good. that's the consistent testimony in Scripture. So good, is like yeah. even it, we, we come into the kingdom, we're regenerated, right? Yeah. We are justified because of the blood of Christ. We were, we were made alive in him. We're regenerated. And we still have this, the old man to deal with. We still have the flesh. Yeah, but we don't, we don't make that old man and that flesh right, our, our identity. identity. Yeah. You see how that works? So you sure. get, you're given into this whole um, narrative mm-hmm. that that whole community has tried so desperately to make. You're just giving into that. Mm-hmm. So even what I, I went through that basically to say that even on the most charitable, charitable yeah, interpretation charitable. you could give, like if, if you're doing this kind of thing as a pastor, let me just encourage you if you're at a church um, where you can, you know, talk to the pastor, we, we need to don't buy into the gay Christianity myth. Like we need to deal with it just like any sin, like in that sense, like we it's it's a, you know, with evil desires or desires that get distorted or out of whack. Whatever it is, we don't identify those things. We we, we walk yeah. with each other and we learn how to put those things to Ooh, death and walk that. in the spirit, yeah. walk in righteousness. Um, and so, yeah, I would just say that. So let, let's see, though, is the charitable interpretation oh right? Like what, go. what's okay. going on here? So there was an interesting Twitter thread that that took place around this. So I'm going to give you pieces of this and show, you know, elements of the of the video. Um, and, and I think you'll, you'll find this interesting. Let me see if I can scroll up here. Any other thoughts as I'm, as I'm scrolling up here? No, it's just, you know, I think to have that framework, it, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but it feels very intentional that he, you know, I think he's not just, it doesn't feel like a a trail that he's thought it through. And And I, and I haven't talked to you about this at all yet. So this is interesting. So you'll find this. Okay. So there's a, there's a pastor here named Ryan Visconti. He posted this on Twitter. He said, this is like after, after all this stuff started coming out, Okay. he said on September 19, 2019, I was invited to a private dinner with about 15 pastors at a local church in Gilbert, Arizona, to participate in a Q&A with Andy Stanley after he finished speaking at a conference. The subject of homosexuality came up, and over the next one uh, hour and a half, mm-hmm. Andy shared overtly her- her- heretical views that clearly contradict what the Word of God says. Okay. I was shocked to find myself arguing with Andy Stanley along with the other pastors despite our respect for him. Andy Stanley said homosexuality is, quote, really a disability, unquote, using the analogy that, quote, telling gay people they have to stop being gay to follow Christ is like taking a wheelchair away from a guy who can't walk, unquote. He also said, quote, I don't go, I don't do gay weddings, but I can't say I would never do a gay wedding. If my granddaughter asked me someday, maybe I would. Worst of all, he said, quote, we need to make room for gay men who choose to be married to each other in our churches wow. because that's as close as they can get to a New Testament framework of marriage. He said, I believe in gay people. Some people are gay. They can't change. 
and and this guy says uh, Ryan says this is directly contradicting one First Corinthians six nine through eleven. He said, "I know I shouldn't let experience dictate my theology, but I have. Mm. Maybe I'm wrong." And then Ryan said, "Yes, he is." And then Ryan went on to say, I debated whether or not I had a responsibility to share his remarks, but I concluded that because he shared these thoughts in private, it wouldn't be right for me to share them publicly. I hoped that maybe he was just struggling with his faith and would return to biblical belief. In 2022, at the annual Drive Conference, Andy began sharing publicly many of the same sentiments with pastors and Christians. In this talk, he never says homosexuality is a sin or that God can set gay people free or that gay people need to turn from their sinful lifestyle. So this is part of that um, same talk. If anything, he holds up gay people as morally superior to regular Mm -hmm. Christians. He refers to all the passages that clearly condemn homosexuality as clobber passages, which again is... You know, that's like using racism, like the critical race theories use it. You know, it's like it's, you're given you're given in those terms, which you shouldn't. Um, he says, Andy is a brilliant and master communicator, which makes him a master manipulator. Listeners want to give him the benefit of the doubt out of respect. He keeps one foot close enough to the line so that he can retreat if backlash becomes too strong and claim misunderstanding, quote unquote. Now, just so you know, you know, you when you when you bring a charge against elder, you need two or three. Um, down this Twitter thread, there are other pastors. I, I, I can't, you know, I don't have time to flip through here now. Maybe this is one of them. But um, there are other pastors that were there at that luncheon okay. that said that came on here and said yes, he is a, he is accurately representing. Oh, here's here's one of them. For instance, I was there and can corroborate Ryan's recounting, recounting of the story, the story. Luke Simmons, and then another guy, Brian Krukenberg. I was there too. I have been considering a similar post. I remember it well, and told my wife. Then it's only a matter of time before he com- becomes affirming. There is a massive difference between loving people and affirming sin. Da da da. So you yeah. have you have guys that are. We're coming out and, and saying, yes, he is. this is accurate. So just so you know. Um. If you want to grow in your confidence in knowing what you believe and why you believe it, if you want to ground your faith in biblical Christianity and step into who God has called you to be, I want to tell you about a great program put on by Impact 360, and it's called Propel. Propel is a one-week transformational leadership and discipleship experience where high school students gather together to be grounded in a biblical worldview as they learn how to follow Jesus, have a godly influence, learn how to disciple their peers, and boldly live out their faith in their daily lives. So they're having two sessions this summer. The first one is June 19th through the 25th, and the second one is June 26th through July 2nd. These programs fill up really quickly, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So we'll put the link below if you're interested in looking into it. And we'll see you this summer. Yeah, let me start with the second one because this this has some interesting stuff in it, too. Yeah. Okay. Pastors who get up and announce, you know, because this is, you know, this you saw some of this. It doesn't happen much anymore because it's so ridiculous. Pastors got up and we're affirming. They got up and announced we're affirming and, you know. And then the next Sunday, half the congregation's gone. And it's the congregation is like, we are? I don't even know what that is. I, I, now I can't come back to my church. And why can't I come back to my church? Because we hired this bozo pastor and he just took my church away from me. Now, whether the person's right or wrong is irrelevant. Your pastors and your leaders don't 
take people's church away from them unnecessarily. Let me just keep my notes. Terrible leadership because they skipped discipleship, teaching, preparing, and nudging. They played the role of a prophet, not a pastor. You are not a prophet. You are a pastor, very different role. Prophets drop in and drop truth bombs, and then they get on their chariot and go to the next place and drop truth. That's not what we're doing. We are leading people. We are not pace setters. We're pastors and shepherds. Pastors set direction and they monitor the pace. They do not set the pace. Here's this picture that reminds so I don't even follow that. Yeah, it sounds like so here's what he said in this he essentially admits his tactic. He he says don't take people's church away from them unnecessarily. He goes on to explain that if a pastor comes out as openly affirming homosexuality, then half the people will leave the church. So it's almost like he's telling them how to disciple them toward that goal. <laughs> it's you know almost like not it's like you can't draw that conclusion completely. But it sounds like he's saying like the pastor was a bozo because he came out and just said, we're affirming now. So we're accepting homosexuality. Okay. And, instead, and so he said like, no, we're not prophets. We're pastors. We got to nudge people along oh gosh. and disciple okay. them. But you're like, disciple them toward what? Toward like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So Jeez it's Louise. at best, it's like really confusing, but I, it sounds like, like it he? sounds like he's talking about moving them that way. So here's the next one. I'll play okay. this next one. We think about this stuff all the time. So good leaders don't get up and announce change. Good leaders get up and they lead toward change. If you wanna be an announcer, apply to be an announcer somewhere. That's not what we do. Our job is to lead, model, disciple, equip people to navigate cultural shifts in keeping with the teaching of Jesus and the apostles. Now you say, Andy, that sounds kind of dishonest and sneaky. No, it's not dishonest and sneaky. It's leadership and it's shrewd. Mm -hmm. Jesus said you're to be wise as serpents and shrewd, excuse me, wise serpents. You're supposed to be wise as, harmless as doves and shrewd as serpents. We get so harmless, we forget sometimes we need to be shrewd. We need to be more snake-like in the appropriate Jesus kind of way, which means when people need to begin shifting their thinking, you don't get up and announce, you disciple and you teach people. So there are people People on the, when it comes to the LGBTQ community in our churches, right? There's some people that wanna drag us too fast. And there are some people who wanna pull us back too hard. Welcome to leadership, welcome to pastoring. It's okay, but don't take anyone's church away from them. Unnecessarily. That's really weird. Want to drag us yeah. too far and pull us back from what? Like, what do we, this isn't a moving right. target. It's now he did moving. say like in, in, within the teaching of Jesus and the apostles, which might make you think, okay, maybe he is talking about holding to the biblical ethic. Mm -hmm. The problem is, you know, when you look back at a stuff and where he said he wanted to unhitch from the old Testament right? and how really I, I even went back and looked at some more of those videos and, and he's actually really, he talks about this, this law of, of love and, <clears throat> and basically the new Testament ethic being completely different than the old Testament ethic. Okay. And so he, a lot of times it, it seems like he's importing a modern definition of love into what, when it says, love your neighbor for instance. I see. And so now I don't know what he means by in keeping with the apostles and Jesus, if mm. that means what we would call the biblical ethic or kind of Some like this new. affirming thing. Okay. And that's another, you know, an, another important point that I want to just read for a second at this juncture, because I think this is worth it too. So, um, you know, this, this is a good passage right here because 
sometimes people will will say that like when in the new testament it says love your neighbor we should in other words we should be affirming because we, we it's not the old testament law now it means basically what people what you know taylor swift means by love be loving that's mm-hmm. that's our new definition so but here's here's paul writing in romans 13 he said oh no one anything except to love each other for the one who loves another has fulfilled what the law has fulfilled the law, right? Mm-hmm. So you see, the love in the New Testament is not this modern, sloppy definition that we take it to be, where you don't make anyone feel bad about anything they do or think or say, mm-hmm. but you just accept everything they want to be. Um, no, that's not what he says. Love is actually the fulfillment of the law. What does what does that mean? Does that mean it's like so far beyond it that it transcends it? And mm-hmm. well, he he goes on. For the commandment, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment mm-hmm. are summed up oh boy, okay. in this word. So these Old Testament commandments are yeah. summed up in what word? Love. You shall love your neighbor as yourself, he says. Yeah. So loving your neighbor and yourself, Jesus does the same thing. Loving your neighbor as yourself, according to Jesus and the apostles, is a summary of the Old Testament commands. Like that's Mm -hmm. when you say, well, what does it mean to love your neighbor? What does that mean? Well, it means these things in the Old Testament going all the way to the heart Mm -hmm. that you don't covet. You don't steal. You don't commit adultery. These are uh, the Tao is built into Mm -hmm. it. But it's even more clear than the Tao, right? So you have the the Mosaic Law. So, <clears throat> for instance, love you know, if it so so love in the New Testament is shorthand for all these things. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you're if you're trying to Sounds communicate so. this idea that no 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 the New Testament ethic is different and we're not under law anymore in that sense and we're unhitching from those things and we can now we can have two men married in our church because you know what that's the loving thing to do no 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 because love has built into it the creational norms and the commands of the Old Testament that's the picture Mm -hmm. of human flourishing that's where we get our ethics of right and wrong and that's where we get our definition of agape and love so anyways Mm -hmm. I just wanted to to point that out and so now as we continue on here for a minute I want to go to this next next segment here number three the faith of the next generation is worth Okay, here we go. Leading our churches to acknowledge there are gay people, not just straight people with a sin problem. Now, what does this have to do with the next generation that has everything, to be clear? We don't need to get the next generation to acknowledge that. They assume that. But as long as they think that we don't understand that, they can't hear us. They just can't. Now, is that fair? No, is it even fair? Should it be that way? No, but it's just that way. And and this is so complicated and this is so difficult. Now, if you're gay, don't hear me saying you're complicated and you're difficult. You're not the problem. The church is still trying to adjust to a reality that we struggle with and we struggle with it for good reasons. Now, this is so easy personally. In fact, I don't know all of you, but I, I bet for 99% of the, the people in the room, number three. So there's that 
you know, (laughs) there's that fixed orientation again, right? And he's saying, this is the way reality is. Then he jumps to, well, this is what people assume reality is. And therefore, we can't challenge those assumptions. We have to start from their assumptions. Now, when has that ever been the case? That we have to start with the fallen world's assumptions about the nature of reality. Mm. Wow. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. You know, I mean, that's part of Christian apologetics and evangelism is you challenge the worldview. You tear down speculations that are raised up against the knowledge of God, including how he made the world, how he made human beings, the nature, anthropology. Like we, we can't just like to accept follow man's picture and start from their assumptions and then build a definition of love (laughs) on their assumptions that mismatches with the new testament and then he's trying to say the problem's not with you the problem's with us (laughs) it's like man this is it gets worse and worse as it goes well no i'm saying like it already has like from the first it's like it is it is it's like no this is this is uh this is strange fire this is strange fire so just one more here i think okay for your faith if, you, if you're here and you're gay and maybe nobody even knows, I just want to applaud you for your faith. And the fact that you would even step foot inside of a church and want to worship Jesus in private and quietly because that's what's in your heart. And you long to know that your heavenly father accepts you and you're hoping the body of Christ will be a representation of his love for you. And I'm telling you, people in this room, they get that. And we won't do it perfectly, but we'll do it to the best of our ability. View. Oh gosh, of course he got claps. Yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, it's um Wow. Yeah, that's where that's that okay, yeah. So I get that. I come to this if I can uh let's see if I can find this real quick. So let me let me let me set this up real quick. Okay. So this is a this is a leaders from Stanley's church. There, this lady here, you're going to see. I'll, I'll, I'll let me see if I can make this bigger so you can so I can see this. Uh, Debbie Causey, she's the director of North Point Care Ministries, okay. which directs. Uh, she's talking to these uh, Greg Johnson. These are directors of. Let's see if I can pull this out of the way. Greg Johnson, North Point Ministry leader and director of pro LGBT org- organization affirming the journey. So. What she's going to say to them is really interesting here, and I'll pull that up. Okay. And we'll chase this down a little bit. Parents want to know, how, how can I find a safe counselor um, who can help my child or who can help me, who can help my family? Um, right. That's- so I don't get to do as much counseling as I used to because of the, there's at least 11 ministries at North Point that are under care. And so um, we do a lot of one-time appointments where we're assessing but we do refer people to safe counselors when it comes to this subject i think there's uh, what is it called greg um the closet closet they are a great group um and they do it over um they do it virtually so you don't have to live in the atlanta area I do have a list of counselors in the Atlanta area that we will refer to if the person is in the Atlanta area. And so, you know, feel free to email me at debbie.causey at northpoint.org if you are in the Atlanta area and you are looking for a, a safe counselor. So, again, this, you know, they're wondering, <clears throat> these are 
Christian, I guess, children, teenagers struggling with their sexual identities, wondering if they may be gay, who do they go to? And who does she say? Did you catch that? A safe Christian counsel. closet. Oh, yeah. She recommended. Okay. Okay. Comes to this. My name is Candace Zubernot, and I am the founder of The Christian Closet. Uh, what is The Christian Closet? Uh, probably a lot of you, hopefully, have already heard of us. Uh, but we are a team of uh, LGBTQ counselors and coaches, and we do online therapy and coaching and spiritual direction. Um, and I would say probably all of us are sort of living our dream job when we get to meet with all of you. Um, I know for me, being gay and Christian was such a huge part of my own journey. And so um, we get to journey with folks online from all over the world um, around themes of coming out and being uh, the intersections of queer and Christian. Uh, so at first I wondered, okay, trying to be charitable maybe she means gay christian in the revoice sense of like maybe she's identifying with the sin which she wouldn't shouldn't be but but resisting so I, I go to christian closet to make sure i mean i was thinking it's probably not because she's saying um at the intersection right mm -hmm. of um at the intersection of queer and christianity so this is this is the organization. I don't know if you can see that there. If you're watching that, that that late the the director from North Point was referring these kids that are struggling too. You see, they had the rainbow mm -hmm. circle here. So I was like, oh, okay. Um, if you go to, let's see, resources blog. Hmm. You you know they're talking about non-affirming families. Basically, you see that it's like it's a full-on affirming organization, yeah. um, and you can, yeah, you can, yeah. This pictures. is, they have um, therapists. Let's see, they have counseling for. I saw this earlier. Let's see, services, virtual therapy. I can't remember. I'm trying to find it now. That of course that I'm on the spot. Um, media maybe queerology podcast reformation project conference that's the one remember that um alan schleeman they attended th so see. that's the one that's trying to transform the evangelical okay. church from the inside out um to make them gay affirming they also had stuff on here they have they have couples counseling to help homosexual couples like mm. have better relationships oh okay. um that you know they they respond to bad theology like you this is part of your sin nature mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so anyways um you can see clearly this this is like there's more here than the charitable interpretation sure, that I initially it's not even counseling, was trying it's just to support. Oh yeah, yeah. More uh, counsel to affirm, <laughs> keep on keeping on. Yes, in in no way is it. Um, let me see if I, yeah, in no way is this uh, pointing towards holy sexuality. No, 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 no. So in essence, you know, James White, he's a you know Christian apologist. Mm -hmm. he, you know. Strong, strong guy, you know, okay. in a lot of ways. But he said he posted something about this, this very the other issue. day. Yeah, this issue. The Andy and, thing. and I'm trying to find it. But basically what he said was, oh, here it is. With the revelations last week from pastors who heard Stanley speaking on this topic, this documentation settles it. Stanley in North Point is clearly functionally 
quote unquote, functionally affirming and hence denying clear, unambiguous biblical commands. And that just, you know, it's unfortunate. Like it doesn't bring any pleasure to point that stuff out. You know, it's like, it makes me sad. I've had friends that have gone there. I mean, I used to, I've used, there was a time we used Andy Stanley stuff for our curriculum for small group. And it was pretty cool. You know, it was never like deep stuff, but it was like, kind of cool, you know, conversation start, how, how to connect with people, that kind of deal. Um, and I can see why it's very moving. You know, he's a great, he is a great communicator. But in this, like, this is, this is way worse than I initially thought. Mm, yeah. Um, and it looks to me like I think your original intuition was right. Like, it there's the charitable interpretation, yeah. but there's a the realistic interpretation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that is definitely functionally affirming. He has people in there that are pushing people to godless organizations. Like, yeah. her, like these are terrible, wicked organizations that are leading people to hell. And he, they're on his staff doing that in, in, their, wow. in the name of the church. Yeah. And it looks like he is discipling and nudging toward his affirmation. His being able to that's, being that's, that's This is my, a reality. Yeah. We're the problem. We yes. need to adjust and get. Yep. Oh gosh! And wow. so, if I was given a if I was given a diagnosis based on every based on everything together, that I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's following in the TD Jakes line, you know, Amy Grant line. So, it's like you know, it's it's sad to me because, man, it feels like sometimes it feels like allies are growing thin, but we know that God is is raised. You know, you always yeah. feel like that. Was it? Uh, Elijah that was crying, he's like, it's just me, God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we know there's, you know, we know there's, there's always a remnant. But. Yeah, it's like when he mentioned he would perform his granddaughter's wedding. You know, it's it. He says it with no qualms. It's like you know, I'd, I'd probably do it. Not. Yeah. He didn't even just stumble on that. It was like, hey, it's it. This is this is reality. This could happen in our families and keep it the program. That program. Yeah. And that's, I think, what Amy Grant did recently. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that she either performed, performed a wedding the, for her, the, one of her, her niece yeah. and, and so called wife. Um, you know, I, but that's just where it's at, y'all. It's like, we we know that like this is this is the this is the giant statue. They're they're beating the drums and everybody's got to bow down to this thing. And it's good to know like this we are I think experiencing a great apostasy right now. Um, it's happening true from the highest levels to the lowest levels. We need to understand. You know, of course, I mean, taking it for granted that we need to be walking with the Lord and walking the holiness ourselves and making sure we are you know repenting and, and walking killing our flesh for sure but we also yeah. we also need to understand that we're in a situation where people more and more are going to be fallen prey to this kind of ideology and we have to know we have to know the truth we need to know why what we believe why we believe what we believe if if you're like man I don't even know where to get started on this topic shoot us an email um, connect with us. We got a bunch of bunch of resources we can send you on this stuff, including a couple podcasts we did with Alan Schleeman, with uh, Christopher Yuan yeah. back in the day. But um, yeah, there's this is this is an interesting time to be alive. Where on a central doctrine like this, you were seeing people fall like Ooh, flies to it. Yeah, and there's going to be immense pressure in the upcoming years. There already is, and um, especially depending on where you're at, where you work, where you, you know, who you live among. So. 
Yeah, it's funny because I remember speaking with a student this week, just super excited and nervous about interviewing for an internship at a church. She didn't know much about it. Mm. She was, um, and it was a church across the country. And I said, well, have you looked at their website, what they stand for, what they believe? She said, no, I'm just going to talk with them. Mm. I said, well, you you probably need to do that because <laughs> churches today are um, are evolving and changing. And so they're they're reinventing their Jesus and yep. the scriptures. And you want to know where you stand because where you attend is where, you know, week after week it will spiritually form you unless mm. you are uh, on top of things and very much awakened to where what what you will, yeah. you know, what your foundation is. So, um, yeah, churches, uh, I, I, I pray for pastors. But, you know, I do remember hearing, I don't know if it was someone who said, you know, the, the LGBTQ agenda would be the new idol that the culture mm. would erect that would cause people to either bow or to stand like the Hebrew boys up against it. When the music plays, <laughs> They sound the music. Everyone bow at the queue, and um, and that's yeah, why you know. Yeah. And no, that's good because I just heard somebody speaking on Daniel. They said, you know, they had to decide that beforehand. Like, mm, they, I mean, yeah. God's grace has to be there for you to do that. But it's like you don't you don't happen to be the one standing with the crowds bowing. Like mm. you prepare. We have to prepare our hearts, and that's why you know we need we need to to bring this stuff up exactly what you said to your student like man we need to do the research understand yeah. and prepare yourself to have like what is the next thing that God's put you in the next circumstances the next circumstance to display that kind of courage right right right, right. and you know there's this there's a lot with that. You know, the Hebrew boys, they were like, we're going to abstain from his foods. We're going to abstain from yeah, this and that. You got to be on guard prepare. against the ways of the world, mm. the ways of culture and that that Babylon mentality that, that really is anti-God. It hates the things of, of, of God, holiness, righteousness, and um, prefers that. Yeah. So. It's unfortunate that yeah. I'm, my heart's broken over that. That's yeah, and, and I knew it was going to be fun. That's why I tried to start out with some. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but so here we go. We you know we we continue to press on, and you know we know that some fall God will raise up others. We pray. You know, even the guy that ended that t- tweet thread, he said, "We don't hate you, Andy. We just want you to repent." Ooh, and yeah. Another pastor said, "And and until and unless you do." He actually needs to step down. He's disqualified himself as an elder. And if and if you're at his church and he doesn't, you need to find a new church because it's out mm-hmm. of order. And I would say, you know, he's probably right about that. I'm curious to know what his dad, Charles, yeah. would, would say to this, you know? Mm. I, I, I remember hearing him preach quite a few times, and I don't think he would stand in yeah. the same you're probably right. I think Linus they might have had a bit of a falling out a, a while back, but I, you know, I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. That's a good question, man. Good question, but well, well, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, uplifting episode. <laughs> and uh, you know, if you can subscribe to the channel on Apple or YouTube, uh, really better Rumble if you can, because we, we can uh, we can speak freely over there. And I'm, I might try to get off YouTube here before long, anyways. But. Um, appreciate you guys jumping on with us and we will see you next time. Thanks.